Pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we get to spend the next few minutes just looking into your word and finding out more about what it means to live in the way that you've created us to be, God, I pray you'd open up our hearts and our minds where they need to be open, and God, that what we would hear would be something that wouldn't just penetrate our ears, but it would penetrate our hearts. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, last week we started this series called Juicy Fruit, and as we started this series, we started by looking at this idea of love, this fruit of love, that we would be juicy with love. And there was one thing that I really wanted to impress you with. There was one thing I really wanted you to leave here with that would be etched into your hearts and your minds. And that is, is that we would be people, that we would love people and we would use things. That that's who we would be. We would love people and we would use things. That we wouldn't get that backwards. That we wouldn't be leaving here going, hey, I'm going to continue to love some things and use people. But that we would really turn that around wherever we might need to, to make sure that we are loving people and we are using things. That as we looked at love, I shared with you three things that we need to understand about love. That one is that Jesus, that we were commanded to love. Jesus did. He, he commanded us to love. It was, he actually laid it out this way. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. And then he said, as I have loved you. It's don't just love one another, but do it the way that, that I have loved you. That, that we need to do that. That we need to understand that love is a choice. That, that we all choose. It's been commanded, but we all choose whether or not we're going to love and who it is that we are going to love. And that, that is one of those things for us that we, we learn and we have to understand, and that love is an action. That love is not meant to be something that's passive, that we just kind of passively do it, or that we settle for a, a trivial word, that, that we would say, hey, I love you, that those are important to say, but there needs to be action that comes in behind that in order for us to live this, this juicy fruit kind of life. And so we're going to look this week at joy. I'm sure you can look at this board over here and go, um, yeah, I kind of know exactly where we're going today. Joy, you know, kind of reminds me of something I sang as a kid. And, you know, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? And, you know, and, and what's it going to do down in my heart to what? To stay, right? And then that, that, that's what we are. And then we would be people that we'd go, hey, I, I want to be that person that's full of joy. Well, it seems to me that everyone wants to be happy. That that's just something that, that everybody, that they, they want to be happy, they, they strive to be happy. Happiness seems to be, for some, even the end goal. I just want to be happy. But yet we have people that, that sometimes what happens in life is keeping us from being happy. And when we aren't happy, that there is one thing that, that often happens. We fake it. When we aren't happy, we fake it. And, and, and we'll get on Insta or we'll actually do the tweet or, or we'll post something on social media, Facebook, and, and, and we'll make it look like we're happy when we're not. That, that, that we'll even get around other people and it's like, hey, I'm mad at you, you're mad at me, but we've got this arrangement that we're supposed to be with them and we can't get out of it and so we got to show up. And, and there's just kind of this understood, you don't even talk about it as a couple when this happens, it's just kind of understood, we're going to fake being happy. We're going to fake it that we're not at odds with each other. And in confession, I, I've been guilty. Cheryl and I, we have been guilty of doing this. I, I've actually got a friend, a, a couple friend, that, that we were supposed to do something with them years ago, and they probably wouldn't even remember this, but, but we were supposed to do something with them years ago, and, and they actually reached out that same day and said that they weren't going to be able to do it. And when we questioned, hey, is, is everything okay? It was, we're just not getting along right now. And so we just need to get a rain check and do it another time. 
that, that you talk about respect. I, I just had incredible respect for that because it was go, they're going, hey, we're not happy right now with each other and we're not gonna fake it with you. And so we just need to wait for another time and we can get past whatever we're dealing with, whatever we've got going on, so that we would be able to not have to fake it. You know, happiness is one of these things that I think it's an expensive substitute for something that is greater and lasts far longer. And that's joy. And that sometimes we're willing to, to substitute to happiness and say, I, I just want to pursue that. I just want to do that. Whatever's going to make me happy. In fact, we've even given advice to people. We've heard advice from others. Whatever makes you happy is what we end up doing. But we've got to be real careful with this thing called happiness because happiness, it is based on circumstances. That, that, that's happiness. It, it's based on what is happening in the moment. And, and so it's based on happiness of what is happening. But when we want to try to understand joy and seeing that it's different, joy is an attitude that defies circumstances. That, that sometimes circumstances are against us, but but we can still have joy. We won't be happy, but we can still have joy because joy absolutely defies the circumstances that are happening right now. You know, there's even some people that, that they just seem to be mad at the world. I, I don't know if you know anybody or you have to do life with anybody that that's just kind of how they come across as they're just mad at the world. I, I know there's somebody that, that is quasi and not quasi in my life and that, that, that they are that person that I would say they just seem to be mad at the world. And when I think about them, there's times that I think they've been happy, but I don't know that they've ever been joyful. I don't know that they've ever been able to be full of joy and understand the difference between the two. And yet when it comes to these two, they, they, they are extremely different. And when we looked at this last week, we looked at how the, the Holy Spirit, anybody who's a believer, you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, and the Holy Spirit is going to produce some fruit. And we looked at that fruit of love last week. We're looking at the fruit of joy this week. And because the Holy Spirit's living inside, that, that this fruit is what is brought. Maybe you're going, I, I, I'm, I'm not there. I, I, I don't know what I believe yet. I, I'm, I'm not convinced. Well, that's okay. We're, we're glad that you're here. We're glad you're joining us online and that you're listening to this because I do want you to know that, that if you do become convinced and you do bow the knee of your heart to Christ, that, that there are some incredible benefits that come in this lifetime, but the biggest benefit is in all of eternity. But one of these benefits is that the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us and he brings this fruit that's going to come out of our lives. Love is one of them and joy is another that as I think about these and how they're two different things, that, that I think of joy, joy is more like a journey and happiness is more like a rest stop. That, that, that happiness, when that happens, you just kind of want to stop and camp out and go, hey, this is it, we've arrived, let's, let's not move on. But then that happiness will begin to fade. And you've got to keep moving on because joy is a journey that we keep moving through life. You know, chasing happiness often leads us to more unhappiness. That, that as we're chasing happiness, it, it often leads us to more unhappiness. And I think the reason it does this is because the, the feelings that make us happy in a present moment 
are the very things that might haunt us from our past. That they, in the moment, it's like, yeah, but, but as we move on with life, it's the scars and the pain of our past that ends up stealing our happiness and some even corrupting and keeping you from experiencing joy. See, joy is this thing that it endures the hardship, it endures the troubles and the difficulties in life. It allows you to be able to endure and to get through even when times are tough. And we all know that times are tough. When I think about resilient people, those people that no matter what's happening in the moment, they can push past that. They're people that understand joy. There are people that understand that, that, that there's an attitude in life that's meant to be had and that, that we've got to push through life with the right kind of attitude and that joy is an attitude. So what I want us to look at today is three essentials to attain joy. And you don't need to memorize these. You don't need to commit these to memory. Oh, yeah, I remember those things. But as you're hearing them, that if there's something that pops up or more than one thing that pops up and you go, I don't know that I've got that. I, I don't know that, that that is something that I've figured out. I don't know that I've got letting that help me in my journey to be able to be joyful. Then I think that's something you do need to take note of. That, that you need to reflect on and go, hey, where can I grow in that particular area? So we'll start with develop God's perspective. That if we're going to attain joy, let's, let's develop God's perspective. That a right relationship with God will give us a right relationship, a right perspective in life. And so it's why we need to get this right relationship with God because it gives us this right perspective in life. I want to share with you from the New Testament, 2 Corinthians, be chapter 4, we'll look at 17 and 18. So Paul's writing and he says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You might not know a lot about Paul and about his story, but Paul went through a lot of hardships to be able to share the hope of Christ with the world, to, to, to where he was literally beaten near to death. In fact, some people even think that as he's writing about, he says, I know a person, and, and, and that they had an out-of-body experience. That, so some people think, uh, I think that was actually Paul in, on one of the ways that he was beaten and the way that he was shipwrecked and he was snake bit. He went through a lot. And, and here's a guy that as he's gone through all of these difficult things, he looks at it and he says, hey, that's just a light and a momentary trouble. Because he has an eternal perspective. He has God's perspective on life. And he said, verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That what perspective does is it changes our understanding. And so I want to share with you a letter that I was able to get my hands on that a college student wrote to her parents. It says, Dear Mom and Dad, I'm so sorry for being so long in writing you. Unfortunately, all my stationery was destroyed the night, of our the night our dormitory was set on fire by the demonstrators. I'm out of the hospital now, and the doctors say my eyesight should return sooner or later. 
The wonderful boy, Bill, who rescued me from the fire, kindly offered to share his little apartment with me until the dorm is rebuilt. He comes from a good family, so you won't be surprised when I tell you that we are going to be married. In fact, since you always wanted a grandchild, you'll be glad to know that you'll be grandparents in several months. Signed, your loving daughter. P.S. Please disregard the above practice in English composition. There was no fire. I haven't been in the hospital. I am not pregnant, and I don't even have a steady boyfriend. But I did get a D in French and an F in chemistry. (laughs) And I just wanted to be sure you'd receive the news in proper perspective. That is a pretty smart person making that D and that F. Perspective, it is. It is so important. And we need to develop God's perspective in life. And when we begin to develop his perspective, it's going to help us to attain joy, to be able to keep joy, no matter what we end up going through. A second essential is discover God's purpose, that we would discover God's purpose. Now, there's universal purpose, as in here's God's purpose for everybody, that that, that we would know him and make him known. God's universal purpose, that that we would love God and that we would love people. That's universal. That's, That's not unique to any one of us. But then there's going to be specific purpose of what is the purpose that God has for you. And so we need to be ones that we're looking to discover God's purpose for our lives. So Paul writes again, he's writing this book of Romans to the Christians in Rome, and we'll look at this in chapter five. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. With God's purpose and how he's created, we have peace, not because we've earned it, but we have peace with God because we've been justified all the wrongs, all the mistakes that we've done because of our faith that we have in his son. He says, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produce perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. That when we begin to discover, hey, God's got a purpose for us. When, when, when we are developing this, this perspective in life that's God's perspective, it allows us to understand even when we are suffering, the suffering ultimately can lead us to great hope. That when we go through what we go through, that we are persecuted and we have perseverance and then we have this character that gets developed and that we end up having hope. Verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Here's something about joy that we all need to understand. That joy isn't the absence of sorrow. That when there's the absence of sorrow, we might be able to be happy because we're not going through. 
But joy isn't like, hey, okay, the absence, I can be joy. Joy is, is present at all times. It's not the absence of sorrow. But joy is the presence of purpose. Of knowing the purpose that God has for us. And continue to live out to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. That allows us to attain joy. And to be able to live life with joy. There once was a gentleman that had never fished before. So he wanted to fish and he watched some YouTube videos and talked to a few people of figuring out how he could fish. And he got turned on to this idea of doing some trout fishing in the river and being able to just take a net and, and capture them in, in the net as they just are swimming by. And, and so he goes and he's successful. He ends up catching three trout. And as he catches these trout, he's so excited. And he knows that, that he's just full of life and loves life. And so he wants them to experience life the way that he's been able to enjoy life. And so he takes them out of the net and he puts them on this lush grass because he just enjoys a good picnic day when he can go and sit and enjoy the, the lushness of outside and sit in that grass. And so he, he does, he, he puts them there. And as he puts them there, he sees that their movement was quite different than their movement when they were in the water. Because see, when they're in the water, it was like watching this liquid ballet. Their, 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 their movement and their grace, it was just incredible. And their, their agility within this water. But he takes them out and he puts them on this thick grass and he lays them down and, and, and their movements, they're, they're, they're flopping. And, and, and their gills, you can, you can see it and go, man, they're, they're desperately gasping to be able to breathe. And so he's concerned for them. And with that concern, he just leans into them. Hey, little fishies. Um, hey, just, I know it's not what you're used to. Just give it a chance because I really, I love the lush grass. And I think, I think you'll, just give it a chance. Just give it an opportunity and, 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 and you'll adjust and you'll really like, and nothing was changing. As much as he wanted to convince them that that's something they should enjoy and something that they could enjoy, nothing was changing. And he saw somebody walking by and he, and he called them to come over and he wanted to know, hey, hey, what do you think? I'm trying to get these fish and trying to get them to understand. And, and the guy just thought he was a little crazy and just kind of walked off. Well, another little boy was walking by and he saw him and he's back talking to them again. And he, he realizes uh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. So, so he, he runs over. And he says, Miss, Mr. 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 Stop it. You've got to put him back in the water. You've got to get him back in the water. And he's looking at this boy like, like boy, what are, you, what are you talking about? These are my fish and I, I've caught them in their mind. And he says, you've got to put them back in the water. They cannot be all that they were created to be outside of the water. And the gentleman heard that. And he became convinced that what he needed to do was put them back in the water. And as he puts these fish back in the water, he sees them move from panicness to calmness again. Within a few seconds, they began to move with that grace again and just swam off. Have you ever felt like a fish out of water? Because sometimes what we're trying to do is outside of God's purpose for us. And when we're trying to live life and get the most out of life outside of God's purpose for us, it's going to be like being a fish out of water. That God created us on purpose, with purpose, for purpose. 
And that that's something we need to look at and discover and that we need to live it out. When we look at the book of Genesis in our Bible, Genesis is devoted to one life story more than anybody else. It takes up more time, more content, more pages, more chapters. And the guy's name is Joseph. And, and it gets started pretty interestingly because it starts with Joseph, who, who's a boy, and he's got 11 brothers, and, and God's given him these dreams. And he ends up sharing his dreams with his brothers. But his dreams are this. You guys are all going to bow down to me one day. That, that's literally what he's been dreaming. And so he starts selling his brothers. And, and then he says, but not just you guys, but mom and dad, they're going to bow down to me too. And so then he starts telling his mom and his dad. And, and it didn't go over very well. In fact, the, the brothers couldn't forget about it. And so the brothers, a few of them got together and they decided that they wanted to kill Joseph. He was already dad's favorite. So let's just let's kill him. Let's be, let's just be done with him. Well, one of the brothers who didn't like him reasoned and said, uh, we do not want that blood on our hands, but let's get rid of him. And so they end up selling him into slavery. And as they sell him into slavery, they, they, they convinced dad that, that he was killed by an animal. And so through this, Joseph ends up being a slave for a while, then he ends up going to jail for a while. And, and, and his story is a, is a hardship story. He kept trying to serve and honor God, and he didn't give up on that. But his dream, God had planted in his heart. And he was able to interpret what God meant by it. And while he's in prison, Pharaoh, the king, he ends up having a dream that nobody can interpret. And so Joseph had helped a few people out that were in prison and weren't there anymore. And they remembered, oh, he, he's the dream interpreter. And so they convinced the king he needs to get Joseph to interpret his dreams, and, and he does. Joseph tells him, hey, what your dreams mean is that there's going to be these seven years where, where it's going to be just an incredible feast. So just, the, the fields are going to be ripe, and, and it's just going to be produce, and you, then there's going to be seven years of, of famine and hardship. And so you need to prepare, and you need to be storing up. And, get and Pharaoh ends up putting Joseph in charge of all of that, the collection and the distribution, the collection for seven years, the distributing for the next seven years. And he ends up becoming the second most powerful person on the planet. And lo and behold, his family needs to come and get some of this food. And eventually what ends up happening is they, they end up bowing down to Joseph, fearing for their life, the life of particularly one of their brothers, one of the sons. And at that moment, Joseph revealed to them who he was when they had bowed down to him. But there's one verse that kind of sums all of this up that we see in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. And what Joseph said to his family, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. There are going to be some times that what we go through in life, it's, it's going to be painful for us. It, it's going to seem like it's counterproductive to anything that God might want to be doing. And this is why we have to be able to go, hey, let's make sure that we are developing this, this God perspective for our lives. Let's make sure that we're developing God's purpose and that we're going, hey, I want to develop this, this perspective. I want to discover this purpose that God has for me, that I'm doing this so that I can see just what God is up to. And the third one is dwell 
in God's presence. That, that, that if we're going to attain joy, that, that we would learn to dwell in his presence. And that when we dwell in his presence, that, that, that we're going to begin to see and understand more of who God is and what he's doing. And we're going to feel this joy like we can't feel any other way. We'll begin to experience it and know it. And our attitude about joy in life will really be developed in a way that's going to persevere through whatever comes our way. Doesn't mean it's going to be tough and it might be challenged at times, but we're going to be able to get through it. And I, I think for somebody that's, that's attending church, that's, that's a step. Whether you're attending online, whether you're attending in person, but, but that's a step and that, that's a good step. But it's not enough. It, it's something that you've got to build on and you've got to add to. That being somebody that you go, hey, I, I need to find more and more ways to make sure I'm dwelling in God's presence. That, that for me to be part of a small group, what we call our journey teams. We're having a journey team connection party next month. And, and for you to be able to get into a small group for a semester, give it a try if you haven't done it. And, and, and find that, hey, as you're trying to do life with some other people and, and that you're sharing some scripture and you're sharing some prayer, that you take the time and you dwell in God's presence. That next month as well, that our bling, our women's ministry, they're hosting a, a one-day retreat going beyond. It's going to be a great time to be able to just dwell in God's presence. That tonight, our, our men's ministry, we call that Forge, is doing a, their 3M, their men, meal, and a message. And, and they're doing that tonight. And it's, again, it's a way to, to come together with some other people and dwell in God's presence. These are all good next steps of what else could we be doing? What steps can we be adding? But we also should be taking the time and going, hey, I, I need to be spending time alone with God daily, getting in God's word and having some prayer time and that I'm doing that. And my prayers aren't just requests of, of God, will you take care of, will you do and will you bless? But, but God, will you show me, will you lead me, will you guide me? That this would be part of what we do, that maybe it's going out and getting a book that's a devotional that you'd be reading, uh, something that's going to be a companion to your Bible. Maybe it's going to be using version and downloading a, that application on your phone and be able to use that and go, hey, I want to do a, a plan. I want to do some devotional plans. Whether you do a video-based plan or whether you do a, a written plan that you're reading, but you'd be doing that. It's all about dwelling in God's presence. Because when we do this, when, when, when we get his perspective, when we understand his purpose, when we dwell in his presence, it builds our joy in life. In the book of Psalms, chapter 16, we'll start in verse 8. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life and you will fill me with the joy in your presence with the eternal pleasures at your right hand. That the joy of the Lord, it strengthens us. That the joy of the Lord, it, it sustains us. The joy of the Lord, it, it secures us. And so we need to know and experience the joy of the Lord. That God He's always present. But are you being present with him? 
It's about you choosing to be present with him that allows you to dwell in his presence. You know, as I want to wrap up about having this joy, there's, there's three other things that I just want to share with you quickly. That if we're going to have joy, that we need to understand that joy, <laughs> that wants to slip, that, that we need to understand that joy, it is sustained through gratitude. That, that, that we would be grateful as people. That, that we would be grateful, we would look for and find and be reminded of what are all the things in life that we have a reason to be grateful for. And, and sometimes there's going to be some really hard things that we end up going through, some difficult things. And I really like what Lisa Turkhurst, what she writes about this in her book, Living Life on Purpose. And what she says is, if an oyster can make a pearl out of an irritating grain of sand, just think what you could do if in every situation you chose to rejoice. That if you let that be your work of what you were doing with whatever it is that's coming your way. That the oyster says, hey, that grain of sand that's unwanted, I keep working, and, and here's a pearl that came from it. And we can have something that can come from these difficulties. Because joy, it doesn't always make us grateful. But it's gratitude that makes us joyful. And so we need to be joyful as people that sustain through gratitude. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Start in 16, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, that we would rejoice, that we'd have that joy again, rejoice always, that we would do this, because joy is sustained through gratitude. Another thing for joy that we need to understand is that it is deepened through giving. The joy is sustained through gratitude, but it is deepened through giving. That when we just choose to be generous as people, it, it does something in our joy. You know, just this last week, I just took two opportunities to, to be generous to, to others and what I did. And I know I've said this before, but, but I really mean it. I like myself better when I'm generous. I, I like myself better when I'm doing things for others and helping others out. It's what causes me to be generous with what it is that, that we end up doing. Because when it comes to this generosity and we understand it, that it really does, it deepens our joy. I don't know if you know this, but the word miserable, it comes from the word miser. That that's where we get miserable from. And we all know what it is to, to be miserable. We've been there at times. But yet it's taken from this word miser that, that's all about, hey, I, I'm not willing to give up anything and I'm just going to keep it all. And, 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 and when we do this, we are going to be miserable people. The greedy people are miserable people. And so let's be people that we go, hey, I'm, I'm going to deepen my joy through the way that, that I give. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. 
And it's why when we understand this joy, it's sustained through gratitude and it is deepened through giving. And the last thing that I'll share with you about it is that joy, it is discovered through the gospel. It's discovered through the gospel. The gospel literally means good news. We have four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they, they really do, they, they share the, the good news of Jesus. And it doesn't look like very good news when we get to the part where he's crucified and he dies. But if we keep on reading and understanding, we'll see that three days later he rose from the dead just as he predicted that he would. And he hung out on earth for 40 days. And if we're going to be people that we're going to really get this thing called joy, then we're going to have to be people that we discover what it means to be joyful through the Gospels, through the Gospel news, this good news about who Jesus is. The happiness is contingent on what is happening. But joy is contingent on perspective, on purpose, and on dwelling in God's presence. That's what joy is contingent on. And I'll leave you with this last verse. Psalm 32, 1 and 2. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. See, it's blessed when we know that, that we don't have to answer for our sins. It's blessed for us when we know that Jesus has done this for us. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Well, whatever it is that sometimes we're trying to use to fulfill our happiness, it will never be enough to keep you happy. The, the new house, it will never be enough to keep you happy. The new car, the new promotion, the new jewelry, the new clothes, they'll never be enough to keep you happy. But God is enough to keep you joyful. That God is enough to keep you joyful. I read this in a tweet a few weeks ago. Happiness is smiling when the sun's out. It's, it's, it's when everything's going great, that's happiness. Happiness is smiling when the sun's out. But the tweet went on and it said, joy is dancing in the downpour. It, it's dancing in the downpour. It, it's knowing that this is coming right now, but it's not gonna last. And, and sometimes the, the greater things end up happening because of the downpour in the moment. And joy is dancing in the downpour. And life is full of pain. It's full of hurt. It's full of hardship. It's full of disappointment and frustrations, no matter what we are facing. But having an attitude of joy, this attitude that we would focus on relentlessly, of having an attitude of joy, it will allow us to find the good that God is offering us and the good that God is doing even in the downpours.
we just have to have the attitude of joy to make sure that we go, I'm focusing on what God's perspective is, what God's purpose is, and I'm choosing to dwell in his presence. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we we don't always feel happy. But we get distracted and chasing happiness at times. God, help us when, when we're not getting the right approach to life. Help us to have an attitude about this life that you've given us. An attitude that, that chooses to be joyful. That we would be willing to dance in the downpour because of you and your goodness and trusting that you're going to see us through. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.